Rhythm, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD, when we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you got to get geeked up, so sit back, relax, and get comfy, lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten, coming straight out of Gotham. And hello, everybody out in Long Island, out on Long Island. This one goes out to the island. We love you out there for the champion, as always. Welcome to episode 85 of Straight Out of Gotham. We are a fandom pop culture podcast and a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. If you want to check out all the other great shows associated with the network, head on over to BOF, hit the drop down. There's an entire menu of uh, podcasts for you to choose from Spider-Man to comic books to movies to general stuff uh just check it out lots of great shows for you over there um i recommend uh listening to all of them uh i am a senior contributor to batman on film i am peter m vera and i'm coming to you today from across the hudson river on july 30th 2022 and we always have a great show for you but i want to remind you our faithful listeners that if you take the time to rate and review our show on itunes and apple podcasts and we read your review on air. You just won a Straight Outta Gotham monthly prize pack. It's a contest we do every month. Get your reviews in. Talk some trash. Let us know what we're doing good, what we need to improve, what you want more on the show. Just uh, give, give us some feedback. And uh, you could potentially win uh, a really cool uh, surprise prize pack. But uh, now we get into everyone's favorite part of the show. The introduction of the one, the only, champion of Long Island now. It is time to let me introduce you to the 2002 Hempstead Lightning Bug Catching Contest Champion, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Q. Holzman. What's up, Pete? How are you, bringing back, some, bringing back some fantastic memories, uh, catching fireflies or lightning bugs, however you want to, however you, whatever you call them. Uh, it was always a fun pastime when I was a kid, and then as I became an adult, they started saying, oh, let's have a contest, and... Because of my my long history of winning things, people were like, Eric, you have to enter. So I did. It doesn't matter that I was going up against like nine-year-olds. Who cares? It's, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Now, like, it's kind of like every man for themselves, right? Like you're just, yeah. you know, you got to get the bug. So if someone's in front of you, they go down. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. I, I, I All my football training for as a running back, I just mowed through those kids, tossing them aside, just catching those bugs. And then my reach too, because I have longer arms. It was unfair, but I didn't care. I won. That's all that matters. I like to win, and I won. So screw those kids. That's it. Well, there you go. That's it. Mm-hmm. Eric Holzman, uh, champion, professional jerk. <laughs> so. hey, yo, I, I'm a competitor. I want to win. I want to win, no matter what I do. If I'm involved in a competition, I want to win. All right. Okay. That's how I approach things. All right. So if I, if even is this like I, a challenge? Are you challenging someone? Did did, did somebody? I mean, I don't. Rick Hugh happened to throw down a challenge <laughs> about something somewhere. Rick is them? always challenging someone on something. Okay, so like like he you, gets mad at he 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 doesn't understand the whole pre burger patty thing that why those exist or or that apparently is that's a terrible thing uh, if someone uses them because. I don't know. It's not real meat. I, what is the problem? I don't understand I don't his, know. his obsession. Rick thinks if you don't season your meat, 
<laughs> before you put it on the but you, you could still season it i don't understand what it is exactly and most exactly. of the time you buy it from the butcher he seasons it for you like let's be honest Ex- that yes that, that's another thing like i don't know if in texas if they have the butcher shops like we have in the northeast uh where you're literally going to like a, a meat store to get these burgers so they're pre-made by a butcher and i mentioned like you know, you can have there, well, there's one. I don't think Rick knows how to get meat in Texas because when we went down for the Batman film watch party, <laughs> he made a Chicago style ribs instead of like your standard mesquite Texas style ribs. Um, I actually went down there for mashed potatoes and Rick didn't deliver. I think actually Rick was afraid to make mashed potatoes for us because he's been talking these mashed potatoes up for a couple years now. You he know, has. He's, he's Justin saying, got to try them. Justin yeah, ju- well, yeah ju- he made Justin an entire like four course meal. He did. You know, ju- Justin comes down from <laughs> California. Rick makes him a ribeye steak with the mashed potatoes. I believe he had some uh, had some sort of greens, I believe yeah. broccoli, whatever. But like just like, mean, a whole whole meal, and then like you know, Rick I got to watch him eat it because because so Justin- he didn't even make enough for you. Wow, no. Well, he was, Justin was supposed to come in the night before, but he had a whole, remember he had all flight uh-huh. issues and it was delayed. So he didn't come yeah. into the day I came in. Okay. And then when I got there, he's eating the food. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay. So they looked good, but I learned how well, to say, I wonder, potatoes. I mean, you know, well, I'm curious. I want to try these potatoes, but Rick never wants, I don't think he actually knows how to make good mashed potatoes. He's because he, you know, you, you think he'd deliver. He thinks cream cheese and sour cream are some kind of secret ingredient where I've been doing that forever. <laughs> like, so I think what we should do here, um, Rick Shu, Eric Holzman challenges you to a mashed potato cook-off contest. Site to be determined. I'll do it. Name all your ingredients. Ingredients will be pre-purchased. We'll find somewhere to set it up. No time limit. Just when you're done, we're going to taste it. And we're going to see who's get the best mashed potatoes. Um, I think that's it. I think the challenge has been thrown out there. It's out there in the public. Uh, This is a file on record. Um, Someone let Rick know about this. And we know he doesn't listen to the show, even though he's mentioned on every episode. And uh, I think that's what we're going to do. So Holzman, shoe, cook off of the century. Uh, Eric's been busy. He's been doing book signings and stuff. So, I imagine we there'd be no problem getting this place booked in the Northeast. Um, I know Rick loves to come out to New York City, so there should be no problem getting this thing done. Uh, this is another great idea I had. Wonderful. I think this is great. Let's do it, Cookie. I hey, I'm I am very confident in my ability to make mashed potatoes. That's it, Rick. So, will you accept the challenge, or will you just continue to not make your mashed potatoes like a coward? <laughs> The choice is yours. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, it's, I'm in. Let's do it. I'm, I'm, I've been trying to do some kind of cooking thing with everyone. All right. So. Let's do it. Let's do what, it. What does the winner get? Well, should we determine that later? Um, yeah, we could determine that later. Right. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. As of right now, bragging rights are fine, but we'll figure out maybe somebody will get a nice, uh, it's championship a legacy. Belt. It's a legacy of my family. Like mashed potatoes or something that's a legacy of my family. So wow, Rick, Rick, you got no shot, bro. You're going down, <laughs> dude. <laughs> it is. My fathers are lit, are famous, and then we all kind of. I learned from him. So that's it. Rick's got no shot. There's no lineage here. No, this is like no. 
Bronny James. Steakhouse. Rick learned, how, I guess, how to make from when he managed the steakhouses or however many he managed. He used to tell us that he managed like five or six. I don't know. I, all I heard was Hungry Jack, and I just kind of zoned out. <laughs> so. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? Rick would never. He would never use Hungry Jack. I, that's what I heard. So that's it. Oh, just come add, on. His, that bougie. Just add water. Just his, bougie add water. Ass, his bougie ass would not do. No. There's no way. No, like like we said, he won't even use pre-made patties. The challenge is out there, Rick. If you want to accept it, it's up to you. I can't make you do anything. But that's the craziest thing, you know. Yeah, you know what to do, Rick. Yeah, if, I mean, <laughs> shit. I'll I'll make some, freeze them, mail them to people. If I have them, I don't care. That's it. All right, get your dry ice, kids. <laughs> I don't care. That'd be fun. Any of our cook. listeners work for UPS, let us know. We'd like to do some sort of overnight thing. Oh, speaking of cooking. Fresh. Speaking of cooking, Doug, who won our contest a couple of months ago, Doug Eisenbrown. Made schnitzel. Um, he Yes, he makes German food. He's in a contest. His uncle did like some skillet contest for him. Really? Food and stuff. Skillet. So he's been making. Yeah. He's been Ooh. making all, uh, the challenge, I guess. He says he does it every year. And uh-huh. this year he picked German food because Doug's been making food. So I just want to give him a shout out because he's been sending me everything he's making. Not like actually sending me, but pictures of everything he's sending. Why isn't he sending to? I know. Uh, I, I, I why isn't on Twitter? I like food. I eat. <laughs> so, uh, but he's doing. Uh, for what Doug, I'm, I'm seeing, taking back the prize. I'm coming, I'm going to Cleveland. <laughs> I'm taking back the prize. He does a fed. He's, he's doing a fantastic job, man. So I just want to shout That's him good. out because he sends me the stuff and uh, because I'm German as well. I like to cook German food. Uh, wait, 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 I thought you were Venezuelan. Oh no, no, no. There's only one Venezuelan <laughs> in our world. And I am not. I am not the Venezuelan. That's for sure. Oh god! I am not. Amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's amazing amazing. time here. Um. Yeah. So. (laughs) Sure. So yeah, it's been crazy. Uh, you know, been crazy hot here in the summer. I know that for us, it's been really warm for the whole country. Actually, it's been like it's it's about as hot as Uxus on Apocalypse, baby. Yeah, it's really damn hot. That that was funny that Bill didn't know who Uxus was, though. I was kind of laughing when I read that yesterday. I was like, How do you he not know who Uxus is? He says that every time I send that picture. Like, you know who Uxus is. <laughs> Don't play with me. You know about Uxus. <laughs> so, yeah, but... Um, Uxus! Yeah, just really quick on, I think... I. We were talking about this before we came on air, so we we can continue talking about it, as everyone knows we're Yankee fans. And Aaron Judge, man, what a season. What a season he is having. Uh, looks like it was the right move to bet on himself. <laughs> Not sign that contract. I wish I could bet on myself like that. Uh, <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah, I mean, just say hey, yesterday was a lot of fun. We're coming on, you know, but it, it's still, you know, you're just kind of like waiting for his magic to kind of just be put on display. And it's like, is everyone just in like in awe of him right now? And is that why no one gets on base? <laughs> I know he had a grand slam to yesterday, but still, it's like you're having trouble with Kansas City. Like, yeah, so but he won the game the night before. They only won one nothing, but he hit the home run. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, is everyone waiting for the aura yeah, mystique of Aaron Judge? Is he going to have his own ghost one day at Yankee Stadium? It's crazy, man. I've, I can't recall a player that of a team I rooted for in this kind of a zone. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's an insane, doing, insane. Even his defense in center yep. field, they've had him play center field because of the injuries and because of Joey Gallo and <laughs> – I mean, it's true. If Joey Gallo could play a corner outfield position, 
um, you know, Aaron Judge wouldn't need to move over to center field. That's true. You That's know. a very good point. So, like, you know, Stanton could be DH, wouldn't have to play, and then Judge can just stay in right field. <laughs> yeah. But he can't even make it out there, so the Judge is out there in center. And uh, he's, you know, every time he dives for a ball, I'm like, please don't break your wrist. Is he the tallest center fielder ever? I mean, yeah, I think the only other person I would probably say, I don't know how tall Junior was, but Junior yeah. looked very tall. I think he was like 6'3". But Junior, Griffey Jr. did everything like straight. Like he did, yeah. like he always was like so like perfectly aligned. You know, he stood up in the box straight. Mm-hmm. Anytime he made a catch, it seemed like he was like straight up in the air. Like, and effortless. Yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah, like he a, was a special athlete. Yep. He was I a love Junior back in the day. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, and. As long as Judge is playing well, I mean, like you said, the Yankees are struggling, but they're winning. So, like the last time I saw anyone hit a baseball like this, they were taking steroids. Yep. Yeah, McGuire, Sosa, yeah, that Bonds. Yeah. Um, even though that's never been proven technically, but we're not idiots. <laughs> so, uh, but apparently, if you're nice enough, uh, doing steroids doesn't keep keep you out of the Hall of Fame. That's apparently, right. If you're a that's- nice enough guy. If you ever want <laughs> the 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 difference between Albert Bell and David Ortiz is amazing, <laughs> isn't it? I'm waiting for BJ Shea, who's a fan of ours and a fan of ours on Twitter, to hear this. If he listens, he's probably going to say something to us about, <laughs> about the David Ortiz uh, thing because he's a he's a Boston guy. I mean, that's fine. That sucks, man. I got all the respect in the world for Manny Ortiz so, is a fraud. Yeah, I I did like Manny too. I did. You know, um, like I'll never forget Michael Weiner and Ortiz having a news conference. Is there 09 or 2010 at Yankee Stadium? <laughs> like when that least when that least when that list leaked and mm-hmm. Ortiz's name was on it. But they had a press conference to tell people they weren't gonna bring up the leaked list. It was very funny. Like, well, what right. about this list? They're like, well, we're not gonna talk about that. Then why are we here? To tell you we're not gonna talk about it. But your name's on this list, but we're not gonna talk about that. So why are we here? To tell you we're not gonna talk about it. <laughs> I remember yeah. I worked in a, uh I, I was working in a newsroom and I was like, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like you guys don't know what the hell you're doing. Yes. <laughs> you guys got so, caught and you're screwed. But I guess but, congratulations. I yeah, guess well, congratulations uh, to Big Poppy uh for getting in and he's the one I won't. Pedro, I'll congratulate. I'll congratulate <laughs> Manny. Hell no more. If, if friggin' Trot Nixon went in there, I'd congratulate him. Not not uh not yeah. I mean this kind of borders on entertainment, so I guess we could talk about it. Have you watched any of the captain? No, I'm gonna binge it all at once. All right. Well I'm gonna wait till the end. Well it's uh because it's, it's just going to be amazing. It is. It's really good. Great, yeah. And uh, yeah, last night was the episode, I th- or two nights ago it was Thursday, I think, they, where they did, um, they did like 2001 and everything that happened with, with Ground Zero. And it's weird. It's about Derek Jeter, but it's about like all the influences and all the players that were around during his time because he was the one constant. And man, Roger Clemens, he's huge. Like he was always big, but now he's like big. Did you ever? Did you ever read uh, the Yankee Years? No, I haven't read the Yankee years. Read that. Okay. That's great. If you, if, if that's what you're telling me, then you read that. It, yeah. It, they probably could be good companion pieces. I mean, they, they, re- this, this, um, docuseries really goes into the A-Rod relationship too, with like him and A-Rod's relationship and how it was and then mm-hmm. what happened and what, even what it is now, um, they kind of go into that as well. So it's been a really good docuseries. If you guys are Yankee fans, or even if you're just fans of baseball and, uh, Derek Jeter was kind of, I mean, unless you, or a team that he beat, most people would respect who he was as an athlete and a player. Yeah, they always did. It was A-Rod who was the problem. Yep. So, I mean, he was a jerk. 
If you're not watching it, you should be because it's really, really good. I'm going to. I just wanted it all to come out. I'm just going to sit back one day and just watch the whole thing. Yeah, it's 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 pretty damn fantastic. So uh, everyone and it's says bringing it's back. Yeah, it's it's bringing back so many memories too. Things I for, had forgotten about. What did you forget that so, made you remember? Um, hold on. Oh, like when he first the first episode goes into how when he first came up. Uh, and then the 56 errors thing that he had in the minors, I totally forgot about that. I knew he was struggling, but I didn't know he made 56 errors in one. See, I'm so young. I don't know. Like, like I yeah. remember 96. I remember 95 is like the first year I started remembering anything, to be yep. honest. Like, I remember, I vaguely remember the Bills, Cowboys, Super Bowls, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but like 90, 95 is really when I, things start remembering stuff. Yeah, like this, this it's just bringing back a lot. And then it connects a lot of dots for me too uh, with some p- parts of my own life that I forgot, but watching it like made me remember something like, oh, I was there when I saw that. And then it just pops back into your head. Uh, so it's just been a really, really well done series. And uh, definitely like you haven't watched it. I know you were going to or would. It just, I didn't know if you had watched it yet. So if anyone no. out there has and you want to talk about it, you could hit me up because I've, I've been watching it. It's pretty, pretty damn good. All right, so let's get into the news. We're going to begin and talk about, uh, I guess, the, some of the fallout from Comic-Con we'll go through, because last week we kind of just went through what happened, and now we have some interviews and stuff we're going to go through. But let's start with arguably the biggest news of the past few days. Uh, we know that Aquaman 2 was originally supposed to come out after The Flash, but because they reshuffled things, it's now coming out before, and... We knew that Keaton was supposed to be in. Well, we didn't know actually. I didn't know this. I don't think anyone did. But no, this leak, this leak, this yeah. is out there. All right, so Batman was going to. How did be you miss the Keaton stuff? How did I know about it and you didn't? That's I don't know. usually the I other totally, way around. I didn't know he was going to be an Aquaman. That's the mm-hmm. only thing I don't remember hearing that. So it could be my senility as, as I get older. But uh, no, I I guess I had forgotten. And then what happened is apparently Ben Affleck has come back to shoot those scenes now because. Keaton's Batman hasn't been introduced. So it was leaked on Jason Momoa's Instagram, I believe, where he shows a picture of him hugging Ben Affleck mm-hmm. and saying like, oh, it's so glad to I missed you and you're back and blah, blah, blah. And all this other stuff. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, Zaddyverse restored. <laughs> uh, we can go about business as normal. He's back. Everything's back. Zaslov saved the world. And uh, we're going to go about that. Um for you know, like I, I talked to some people, and everyone usually had the same idea, same well, it's the same thing. Like, hey, uh, remember Flash moved? Keaton hasn't been introduced uh, because of the Flash. Um, the Flash moving basically changes the way things are for the time being, and for some reason, this scene cannot be cut from the movie. It's apparently very integral to the plot, which to me, I could care less who actually plays the Bruce Wayne character. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what the hell does Aquaman need Bruce Wayne? For? <laughs> it's just I, hey that's a very mcu thing yes is it yes. not it is it, it clearly tells you too so, that these films this that universe is still together still connected and yeah. i give kudos to warner brothers for saying um okay so the logical thing is let's just swap out the bruces right like Everyone complains like they don't like you're deleting this. You can't delete my DVDs. Like no one's taking your stuff away. No one's erasing your universe. And if anything, they still embrace the fact that this exists. Like, again, it's, you know, 
in the when, in Batman and Robin, when Batman says, "This is why Superman works alone," we just don't know what Superman it is, <laughs> right? Like, there's a Superman in that world, and again, like these characters are out there, we just don't know where. And like, you, if you want to argue me, there's no Superman in Nolan's world. That's fine. I just could always say they just he hasn't been you know exposed yet. You right. Know, like, I always think there's heroes out there everywhere. To be honest. In yeah. all these worlds, like even in, in the Keaton verse or whatever, if you want to say that's like part of the Clooney, <laughs> you know, like I just I, I think they're out there. That's the comic book fan in me. And there's no real, uh, uh, you know, evidence spouting otherwise that there's nothing out there. So like whatever. I have my own headcanon, but yeah, I don't know. It makes sense. Like good for them for saying, hey, this makes sense. Let's do this. We'll swap it out. I'm sure Affleck needs to pay off that honeymoon. So it's a quick <laughs> paycheck for him. I'm sure the engagement ring cost him a mint, too. Um, so yeah. I can see why he did it. And if he wants to pop up every now and then as Bruce Wayne and doesn't want to wear a suit, if he doesn't want to go through the whole shebang, if he doesn't want to be the star, the center of a shared universe, but he wants to pop up <laughs> every now and then wearing his blue blazer, so be it. Right. I'm fine with that. I really am. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Because as long as Matt Reeves is free to do what Matt Reeves needs to do. I don't care what you really do with the Affleck key you know, like that. That's all bonus to me. And to me, it's like going to the comic book store this month. I read Batman 89 detective comics and, and uh, Batman for whatever the fortress, the fortress one, like these three books have nothing to do with each other. Right. They're not in the same continuity. And one of them features Michael Keaton. Yeah, it's to me now going to the movie theater is no different than walking into the comic book shop because anytime I could pick it between at least two to three comic book movies, uh, anytime I walk in there. Yeah, I mean, and you we've always well, we've had at least the past what since 2011, you've had the movies and then you've even had the CW with the with that part of the universe, which wasn't connected to the even though now they're it's out there like, you know, it's in the multiverse. It's out there, though, that, that world exists. It might as well be Netflix to the MCU. To be right. With you. Yeah, it's it's just so we've and always Superman had Lois is its own thing, but it's the same actors from those crossroads. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like, it's a, who cares? Yep. <laughs> I mean, I think it's I do think it's cool that he's he's willing to come back if they need him. I th I do think that's cool. I'm uh, sure because guess so. what? I'm Ben Affleck traditionally is a Warner Brothers guy, and again, as long as he doesn't have to put on that suit, it seems like he's down, man. Yeah. As long as he doesn't have to be like. I don't know, dangling from a green screen, he's down for it. You know, like, yeah, I could stand here in a suit in a toupee. Yeah. Give me my, give me my $2 million check for two days of shooting. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does seem that so way. It's great. It's so. wonderful. I don't care. So yeah. And again, it, we won. <laughs> Fans <yep>. won. <laughs> yep. I mean, you don't, you don't need more than that in my mind. Like you have, but you already I'm have just, what we have. Like him, why, so. why does, why is Bruce Wayne intricate to the plot of Aquaman too? Yeah. That's what's gonna, that's if anything, like I could, again, like I said earlier, don't care who's actually playing the role. Right. But why does Aquaman need help? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it could be, it, maybe it's a part of um, what they're setting up. Right. It could be a part of some, obviously with, if Keaton was originally so supposed to do it. That means there's a plan. Well, yes. I mean, if they're well, setting stuff up and they're making stuff work, that means it's got to fit in the plan. Right. And I have a, there's another later on when we get to Marvel, I'm going to bring up, I have a little mini rant to go on about something similar, but we'll rant get there. Mode? Holzman we'll get, rant we'll get, mode? No, just a little, just rant a little mini one. 
just a little mini one. It's not a bad one. It's just a mini little rant. mini rant coming. So, but I'll get there when we talked about Marvel. But we'll stick. Let's stick with DC. And as we know at Comic Con, DC had the Black Adam and the Shazam pa- panel. Both were very cool. And a couple of the interviews that came out of that we didn't really discuss on the last show, but they obviously interviewed the cast of Black Adam and specifically Aldous Hodge's Hawkman. And they asked him like what it was like about playing a hero, what was a uh, superhero, what was surreal about it. And he says, there's a couple of moments, the moment that where Dwayne Johnson called me to tell, tell him that he got the job because he didn't believe him. And then he said when he first tried on the costume and he's like, you know, wow, I'm a superhero. He's like, I would kid, throw all kids in a candy store. And it was just very cool to, to put that on. And then he said, of course, being at Comic-Con itself was also fun. So uh, Noah Centineo also spoke about playing Adam Smasher. And they asked him, you know, what 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 was cool about it? What was cool about playing this character? And he spoke about him and both and Cyclone both. And he said, you get to see Al and Maxine become superheroes. They start as young metahumans and then really learn what it is and what it means to be a superhero. And that's very special. It's a cool perspective when you have two people trying to pave their way in this world, which I think is very relatable. So it seems like getting these little bits and pieces uh, from these interview questions, it seems like Black Adam is deeper than just what it looks like from the trailer. Like the trailer makes you think it's just a big huge spectacle, things blowing Mm -hmm. up, he's destroying things. But there seems to be a very cool underlying story, specifically around the JSA. Mm -hmm. So... Well, I find it interesting that it's kind of, it make, they make it seem like it's an origin story for Cyclone and Adam Smasher. Yep. So I imagine they're going to get a decent amount of screen time yeah. in a movie that's called Black Adam. Yep. Right? And uh, it, it's very interesting. I wonder, I am very curious to see how how and if this connects to Shazam at all. Um, because, uh, you know, you, you just wonder, like, you know, if they're going to really focus on the origins of those two characters, where does everything else kind of fall in place? Because you're going to have to throw in some Black Adam there. That's... I, I don't think this movie's going to be like four hours. No. <laughs> so uh, it's interesting to see, like, I wonder who really gets the focus. And then we haven't even mentioned anything about Dr. Fate. And I, I haven't even talked about Hawkman yet. Yeah. I think Dr. Fate is the one who's, who's kind of going to bring everything together. Mm-hmm. Just from what I've seen from the, the, the trailers and how the, the dialogue he gives uh, to Black Adam specifically, I feel like he's going to be the one who kind of runs the, and brings everything together with all the other heroes uh, at the end or whatever happens, because we know that there's, there's a couple battles we see in the, especially in the, the last trailer, we see Hawkman getting choked or no, not choked. He uh, grabs the mace, right? Mm-hmm. It goes to hit him. Black Adam grabs the mace. So we see that going on. So we know there's going to be some confrontations between them, but we'll see how this works out going forward, but it's cool to hear from the cast to get a little bit more in depth. They all saw the movie, which is great too. They spoke about it. They said they saw the film and, you know, it was awesome and emotional just to, you know, especially with the visual effects added afterwards. Like when you watch it, when you watch the dailies and stuff, obviously that part's not there. So they said they got to see a completed film and they all love it, which you expect them to say they're going to love it. They're not, I wouldn't expect them to say it sucked. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, you usually can tell by their body language if you're watching a video. Yeah. Like when Ben Affleck was like one of reviews for like BVS, yeah, you could tell Affleck was miserable. Like, some people are just really good at whole, at hiding body language and emotions, but um, you know, they, yeah, I'm just everyone seems really confident, and, and it seems like they really had a lot of fun making this. So, yeah, I hope it translates, and I hope it works out because I'm really looking forward to seeing this. Me too. And like we've been hearing about it for so long now, I just want to see it. And so to know it's coming in October is is awesome. Uh, so it's cool. We're going to be getting it soon. 
Uh, another film we're getting, obviously, which we know is Shazam, Fury of the Gods. And uh, an actress who we haven't seen in a while is kind of making her return. And I'm talking about Lucy Liu. Uh, obviously, we know she was popular from the 90s. She was on Ally McBeal. Then, of course, she famously played. She was Alex. on Ally McBeal? Yes, she was. I don't remember that. Yep. And she famously played Alex uh, in the Charlie's Angels films. Then she was um, Oren Ishii in Kill Bill. So she's been, she was a very big part of the 90s. And then recently. She was in she, Sex in the City. Yes, she did have a Sex in the City uh, episode. She was also on Elementary on CBS. So she played Watson in that. She, there was obviously Gender Ben. They did a female version of the character. So she's been around, but she hasn't been in movies really much recently. And uh, so they asked her, like, you know, what was it like being in a, being, coming back, being a superhero? And she's, she said, I quote, I think being part of a superhero movie is a super dream because I'm a super fan of comics and of that time, which is my childhood. So it's really a dream to be a part of something like that at the time was unattainable and to grow into that space and to have them grow into that space for diversity, for women and empowerment. It's not just these quotables. It's a real thing. And being part of that is a really, really a dream come true. Uh, a lot of the focus is on Asian actors being, uh, cast now in these films and as we saw we got a full one with shang chi which is amazing which was an excellent film uh so a little bit more representation and it is cool to see that uh again i don't know much about these characters that they're bringing into shazam the she's playing one of the uh daughters of atlas uh, calypso i believe she's playing yeah and then of course we know helen mirren is hespera so i don't know much about them but it's going to be interesting to see it going forward I uh, see Lucy Lou return, but I, I think that's weird, Pete. I didn't know you didn't know she was on Ally McBeal. So that's no, I had no idea. Um, man, I, I wouldn't say like I'm a huge Lucy Lou fan, but I like her stuff. Like she's always, she's just, she's a badass actor, you know. So the fact that she's in this movie is just great. And you know, I, I'm curious, does she really like comic books, or does she just saying that? <laughs> like <laughs> it's like they all say that, but I'm like, did you guys, do you guys really like this stuff? Like I'm very curious. Um, I think well. I I would think if you're going to do one of these, even though yes, it's a paycheck and you're being part of this big spectacle, so I'm sure you yeah, you, you, like like, you know, if you got if you're an actor in Hollywood, what movie isn't a superhero movie anymore? That's true, or some kind of franchise. Yeah, it's true. It's a very good point, but um, I mean, it's it's it is cool to see her back. I've always I always liked her. I always liked her work. Yeah. Uh, so it is cool to see her back in something like this. And again, I think it's I, good. It's just, it's, it's whenever you see like an actor of that caliber in one of these movies, I think it's, you know, it's like Nicholson in 89 or Brando and Superman, you know, when you surround someone like Cavill or Russell Crowe and Kevin Costner, you know, it just adds some kind of like validity to it a little bit, you know, like not that Shazam really needs it. Cause it's the second movie anyway, but it, it just, you know, it just, you could tell like the film takes itself seriously. It's not like, okay, right. well, let's do this money grab thing real quick. Like, you know, David Sandberg's trying to tell a story and he got, he, you know, and he surrounded, you know, uh, Asher Angel and Zachary Levi with amazing talent. Like that's, we, we can't deny that. Like Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu, they're the two best actors in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. They are. And then in the first film you had Mark Strong. Yeah. Who's a uh, fantastic actor in his own right. Yeah, Fantastic actor as well. So yeah. So you, we have, we have these really talented people in these superhero roles and they're, they're all playing the bad guys, which is kind of weird, but which is uh, good. <laughs> yeah. Cause as we know, in most we don't films, bring out the good actors, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Not that as we know, isn't. most of the time, the villains are the more interesting characters. If I can say that, uh, cause superheroes are kind of all, well, usually they're one and done. Yep. Unless you're Loki. 
So, well, that's because he, that was just fantastic. Like that whole portrayal was just fantastic. It's good so, into the show. The show's so, boring. Well, that's your opinion. I think the show's It is. Right. Okay, well, calm down here, Captain Marvel. <laughs> All right. So, of course, guys, Shazam comes out when? When is it? Christmas, right? Yeah, Christmas. Christmas. Time. Christmas. So, guys, or is we're that all looking man? for I don't even know anymore. I think Shazam's Christmas. Harley Quinn dropped. That's my focus. Like, I just focus on the now because what's coming is still going to come tomorrow. Let me see. Do we have? Yes. Theaters. we set to release on theaters on December 21st. I got so. so much good TV to watch. I've got Harley Quinn. I've got Ms. Marvel. And She-Hulk is coming up in a matter of weeks. Yeah. I'm going to have a lot of fun watching TV. Yeah. A lot of stuff is coming. A lot she of TV on the TV so side. Oh, man. She-Hulk looks so good. So... So Superman has kind of been in the news recently for for negative <laughs> negative stuff, uh, especially from coming from Kabaka when the rumor turned out not to be true, which we discussed on the last show. But uh, tears. Superman seventy eight, the first one, obviously, uh, probably the father of all of the movies with the modern comic book movie. I would say. Um, I thought it was Man of Steel. Richard Donner's nineteen seventy eight film. There was a little bit of there was an article on. What is Slash Film? Yeah. It was on yeah. Slash Film talking about uh, the creation of Superman and specifically the creation of Richard Donner's, why he was brought in, how the whole thing came how about. How he got the gig, all that. How he got the Yeah. So um, it was a retrospective on, in the Hollywood Report, apparently in 2016, where the director, Alexander Salkind, who. Uh, Producer, Salkind. Yes. And I think he was. Did he write it too? Because. I don't know, him and his father, they did crazy things. Right? Yeah. So um, they talk about how they got Donner, and obviously Donner had just done The Omen, and The Omen was such a big hit. So they didn't know each other. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, well, Donner didn't know who Salkin was, or Salkin was. Um, and he called him to do it, and he offered him a million dollars. So Donner, of course, was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I guess <laughs> so much for a million dollars. Especially back then. You're going to jump on that. Even nowadays, I'm sure someone would do it. But, um, yeah, it's it goes into the creative process, really, and how he got the script. And he said the script was super long and they had to write to, like, pare it down. And how he called Tom Mankiewicz, who was a friend of his, to help write it. And basically, what they did was they got Stone yep. and Richard yep. Donner put on the Superman suit that Saul Kine mailed to his house within an hour of accepting the job. And he basically ran around the house and they came up with the idea of Superman the movie yep. after Saul Kine lied and told him the, the script was perfect. Yeah. The, the crazy part about this. Apparently Kojak was in the movie. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There is a scene, apparently the scene where he's saving people. Um, and he's he's looking for Lex in Metropolis, and he's apparently looking for all bald heads. And Telly Savalas, who played Kojak, was bald. And he said that there's a line in the script where he finds him, taps him on the shoulder, and it's him as Kojak. And he hands him a lollipop and says, "Who loves you, baby?" <laughs> what? Like Donner says that this movie was just totally <laughs> that is just so retarded. Sorry, but that's disrespectful just to the comic books. That is such a ridiculous. <laughs> He says, "I." Donner says, "I took the job to save Superman. Like I, yeah. Like, I, they, I, they couldn't. I wouldn't let them make this movie, so I, uh, I made my Superman, which is, yep. you know, obviously the, the granddaddy of them all. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's the portrayal that we talked about this the other day that people can't get away from. 
um the portrayal of that superman is the one that everyone loves and wants to keep seeing spun out so uh that movie has made such an impact on so many films we know it made an impact on nolan's dark knight trilogy uh he famously talks about it we know wonder woman as Sam well Raimi, Spider-Man. Yep. so yeah so th- that this film is so seminal such a seminal moment in, in comic book movie history and uh to find out that it the first script was trash and, <laughs> and that daughter basically had to get high to fix it uh it's, it was just kind of a funny read if you guys haven't read it obviously we link all the stuff so you can look for the the article but it's a really really fun read uh so go check it out and yeah i guess kind of make you want like reading it i was kind of like yeah we're it's time we need another superman uh superman superman movie so we'll see i agree go forward. i agree but uh check that out guys it's great so let's go back let's do a little bit retro back to batman as we know batman returns turned how many years how how old this year pete 30 there you go so batman returns turned 30 this year and michelle pfeiffer's catwoman for me is the best part of that movie and apparently it was the same thing for Miss Britney Spears, who little few people know this, but I had a huge crush on her when she first came out. You uh, and everybody else. Yes. So Britney's talk, talked about watching Batman Returns and watching Michelle Pfeiffer's Fyfer's performance. And this she quoted, she put this on Instagram with a clip of, of the scene where Selena turns basically into Catwoman. And she says, I feel like she's the most charming, sexy, and alluring, alluring woman. This scene is probably the hottest scene I've ever seen in my life. Of course, Michelle Pfeiffer, <laughs> whom I've never met, is the character. She is sick in this movie in the most conventional way possible. The disaster she exposes before the gates of hell are revealed in anticipation and biting down at its best. She gives hell, hell, she gives hell a whole new meaning. I respect that. There's been a lot of mistakes since then. Well, damn, tons. But honestly, I don't think anyone has even come close to that scene alone. I know she has no idea who I am, which please, uh, trust me, Michelle Pfeiffer knows who Britney Spears is. <laughs> but I just want to let her know a silly girl from the South has always thought she was a freaking God. And I have so much respect for her. It's kind of insane. Thank you for doing your craft in such a beautiful way. One and only Pfeiffer. Um... So Britney's always been kind of a little off, I think. <laughs> I yeah, think but it's... she's got this one spot on. Like, yeah, like, though she does, man. She even does. though she's a bit of a zombie cat. Well, you, 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 again, we were just talking about Lucy Liu and how she's like a you know just powerhouse. Michelle Pfeiffer is a powerhouse in that movie, right? She basically she's she's arguably the best actor in that movie. She steals <laughs> she steals every scene in that film. Every yeah, scene she's, she's in, just absolutely perfect. She in steals. Her role. Um, yes, and you know you you, you got to say. If it's not for that amazing performance by Michelle Pfeiffer, probably most people don't let this weird incarnation of Catwoman slide. You know, like let's let's be honest, in a movie that gets picked apart because the penguin, you know, spits black goo and Batman kills the fat man with the bomb, mm-hmm. you know, and lights the guy on fire, you know, the one interpretation that's so way out left field is zombie Catwoman, and no one ever brings it up, man. And that's because she just owns the role and her, uh, her performance in that movie is, just, like you said, just scene stealing. So yeah. well deserved. Uh, I'm glad more people give some Batman Returns love. I'm always down for it. Uh, you know, it's just uh, maybe uh, maybe we send that way uh, this uh, post to Bill. See what Bill has to say about that. <laughs> Well, yeah, man. I mean, I, I think I always say we haven't really gotten a bad Catwoman performance in any of the films. So, except um, for Catwoman, which I never seen. But I'm yeah, but I don't count her because that's not Selena. Uh, 
that's a different Catwoman. So that's Ryan Haas's Catwoman. <laughs> There's Ryan Haas's Catwoman. So, but Haas cut. she, I mean, if you're not counting Lee Merriweather, she's the first one, right? Of, of, of the modern time, I'll put up the modern movies. She's the first, and uh, she's sure. fantastic. Like she's just it's you're so putting Mary so Merriweather on an island, though, Rick. <laughs> no, not on an island. It's just that that was many, many years ago. So this is kind of in the the more modern comic book movie era, is what I'm saying. She's more of the modern times. And of course, I mean, of course, Michelle Pfeiffer did respond and says, you know, thank you for the beautiful compliment, and I'm a huge fan. So clearly, she, she knows who Britney Spears is. So we know Michelle Pfeiffer has got uh, sweet seats for the Britney Spears concert in your town. Yes, yes. But it's good to it's it, it's cool to hear from Britney now that she's out of her conservatorship and uh, it's just cool that she does these. Little I wasn't paying attention to any of that. So things now like, I was just like, oh wow, Britney Spears loves Batman Returns. Like this is great. <laughs> well, I don't like it when anyone is is kind of under house arrest for. I I, I wasn't paying attention. Know? So, I, have no idea. so it, I have a friend Amanda who loves Britney Spears. So. I'm sure so, Amanda was very happy about the whole free Britney fiasco. So shout out to Miss Britney and, and to Michelle Pfeiffer, who again, who's just fantastic. We love her. And Danny DeVito, who plays a wonderful penguin in that movie. <laughs> and Michael Keaton, who's a wonderful Batman. Who he does. I in? don't. It's not my favorite perform my favorite portrayal of Penguin, but he did a good job in what they He's asked. About, him. Like no one eats fish better than DeVito. Come on, <laughs> I like to feel horrible. Like I, I prefer the penguin we got in the Batman. Like that's my more of my style. I agree, but I it does you know like I can just I love all these just little just fat little gangsters. You know, <laughs> I like you know I like walk walking penguin. Like, what? I like walking penguins. You know? Yes, like, I, I can appreciate yes. a nice classy top hat and cigarette penguin. Of course, or I can. I, can, I, can I like my penguins from the sewer. Right? Traditional gangsters. You know, it's well. I mean, the something about angry men named Oswald that just appeals to me. <laughs> well, the most famous penguin is still probably Burgess Meredith, right? So, and he's called. Go him. get him, Rock. He made yeah. He made all those noises and on the show. So. You know, that's the one we all have in our I head anyway. I saw a post not too long ago by Meredith. I think it was his granddaughter. And her grandfather was so popular as the penguin to the point where people would mail him like penguins. Think, penguin thing. Not just like Batman penguins. Just penguin stuff. That's you know, funny. They, and they would just send him a letters of appreciation how much they loved him. And he ha he kept each and every one in like a room like the Warrens had, you know, with all their crazy. Oh, really? Mythical, yeah. So like he has his room with all this penguin paraphernalia sent to him by the fans. I, I imagine he's passed since now, but he did when he was living. Like I, I saw it. She had a picture of it, of him in the room. And so, so if you Google it, you could find it. And I thought it was very interesting. I was like, wow, like that's awesome. Like he wasn't, and he didn't get like too high on himself either. Like he appreciated like, you know, those actors who, you know, there's some people who generally appreciate fame and fortune are like, you know, I'm nothing without you guys because you guys pay my bills, you know, like, yeah, if you don't go see my movies. I don't make money because no one wants to hire me. You know, like it's guys who actually appreciate the fans. You know, you appreciate more because you're like, you get it. Right. It's, and this isn't even trade here. <laughs> and he specifically probably remembered for Mickey and the Penguin. Like those are the two roles Judge that people just went deep again. Yeah. Right. Oh, he did. He just went deep again. That's great. Wow. Sorry, guys. You're getting real-time Yankee updates. But 
All right, so Michelle Pfeiffer, as we know, is also part of the MCU. She's also she's um she's Hank Pym's wife. What's her name? I always forget. Is it Janet? Yes, I believe you're right. So she, we know, we first got to see her in Ant Man and the Wasp, and we know we have a a third Ant Man coming out, which is called Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, and they recently in Entertainment Weekly director Peyton Reed did an interview and they were talking about the introduction of Kang because when we first got to see Kang in Loki which started the whole multiverse stuff and then now we know we we know that there's going to be Avengers versus Kang and Kang is going to be also in Quantumania now they showed uh, footage at Comic-Con. We know that. We didn't get to see it, but we know that they showed some footage there uh, for the for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So Peyton Reed spoke a little bit about it, and he said, we are thrilled to get to do a third Ant-Man movie and do a trilogy, and if we knew we were going to do that, we wanted to do some things differently. We really wanted to take a hard left turn and make a movie that was more epic, but still progress the story of these family dynamics and everything that's going on between Scott, Hope, and Cassie. He continued by saying, we also knew that we wanted to put our heroes up against a very, very formidable opponent. I grew up reading the comics and I knew the character of Kang the Conqueror, who's one of the big, big bad characters in the comics. So to be able to put up our heroes against Kang the Conqueror was a huge thing for us. We went big and we also went small. Obviously, the small level is because it's (laughs) Ant-Man. So. Um. What do you think, Pete? Like, what do you think of... I think the... I'm very interested that this is... This kind of reminds me a little bit of Shazam 2. Where yeah. I think Shazam 2, the focus is going to be getting the family back together after they've been so Like, It seems that there's a, a bit of a mending to do between Scott and Cassie. And that actually seems to me to be the backbone of the movie. Right. I thought. Um, and, yeah, from the description, yeah. Yeah, and it seems that's and everything else is really revolving or revolving around that relationship. Um, and I think that's fascinating because I think you're really then going back to the first movie as opposed to the second movie. You know, I think I think you're kind of focusing on what made the first movie way more successful than the second. As someone who does actually like the second movie, I'm one of the few people who do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's. I, I still agree with that because the first movie is a, just a great classic superhero origin tale in my opinion it's great um so i I like what i hear i like that they're gonna kind of you know take maybe go back to the drawing board a little bit and uh i appreciate that because you know me i like the more serious mcu stuff right and we do know that at least from endgame we know that cassie is older much older now uh because of the five years that passed even though for him no him no time passed but for everyone else the time Mm -hmm. passed and we know that that Cassie's older now. She's a teenager. We see her hug him in the movie. So there's that whole new element. Um, the actress says she, Cassie's 18 now. So there's a little bit of a, you know, that a weird period where parents and teenagers kind of rebel. And we all know Eric we, is still rebelling. We all know. Yeah. I, I'll always rebel. I'll always be. Eric won't let them win. <laughs> I never do. I never do. So, all right. So Pete, you met, you had mentioned before you're looking forward to She-Hulk. Uh, I am too. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a comedy uh, in this world. I think it's like a a show comedy in this world. We have a couple of the films. Obviously, Thor could probably be now considered more of a comedy, but uh, I'm looking forward to see watching She-Hulk. And the head writer is Jessica Gao, who, of course, is an Emmy winner from Rick and Morty fame. Um, So, you know, just there, 
obviously it's going to be funny because Rick and Morty is a pretty funny damn show. Um, so they did, did an interview with her and she was talking about, uh, they were just asking her a couple of questions in the, sorry, in the Hollywood reporter asking her a couple of questions about, you know, what's it like, um, how Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel were tonal departures. What is She-Hulk supposed to be like? And she kind of focuses on the comedy of it, saying, you know, you have the six foot seven green woman doing going shopping and looking for business suits mm-hmm. and being in court. And so it seems like a pretty, pretty cool uh uh concept. And the writer well, the like, writing obviously is gonna be I like very how solid. the MCU's finally saying we're gonna do a real comedy. We're gonna stop interjecting humor every five seconds and actually try to do a sitcom here. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what miss. And I think that's what I was talking about when she says the first comedy, I think she's talking about sitcom, you know, Moon Knight right. is way more serious. Um, it's probably the most serious MCU show out there, but I thought it did humor balance the humor really well. Um, I'm just so, I, I like what, well, where she comes from. I like her background, right? Like the Rick and Morty stuff really gives like, okay, she, she can do hard humor. Then she can do this Disney stuff. Right. You know, like I, I it, usually you can't, you, you can't do, go the other way. I feel like if you try to be raunchy and hard, you know, it, it, it doesn't come off well, you know, meanwhile, you know, like you could do light pretty well. I think it's easier to do light humor for like she Hulk than it would be for something like, I don't know, Rick and Morty, which I just think is maybe a little bit more mature. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I think she's just more than capable of handling it, and I, I like you know the fact that she's a fan and she seems to have read all the She Hulk that I've read, so she seems to get it really good. I'm like I, I really do think this is going to be a really wonderful uh, transition from page to screen here for this show. I think this is going to really take people by surprise. How good it is. I do too. It was also good to read the art. The article kind of goes into the writing process as well. She kind of explains how writers work and. Um, I loved her description of uh, notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, "I'm the writer. Let me write, dude." <laughs> yep. Yeah, she says there's uh there's some like where they say like, "Oh, make sure you do this and do that," uh, like on how to write. And she's like, "Well, this is what I do for a living. So why are you telling me how to write? Because that's what you hired me to do." It's like that was pretty. That was a pretty funny, uh, funny life of her. She also talks about her biggest misconception. Um, about television and how TV gets made is how many people actually see the script before it gets to the screen. Uh, I don't know what that means. I'm assuming it means that it goes through a, revi- a, a various of crying eyes. eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then um, before it finally gets signed off on. So I think that's pretty cool. But but yeah, I mean the the fact that you know what she wrote like Rick and Morty like is what she's known for. You kind of have an idea of what She Hulk might be like. So they also ask her, is there any other Marvel characters that she'd like to write for? And she says she's scared if she says a character who they're already working on <laughs> because because they'll be misread as she's leaking something like so she doesn't want to, you know, she didn't answer the question, really. Um, but all right. Yeah. So okay. who knows? Maybe she is doing something else. We don't know. Uh, so as we know, with with Marvel, it's always some kind of cloak and dagger with certain things. So. We'll see. We'll see how what happens. Um, all right. So we know that there's a going to be a six year gap between Endgame and then obviously when the first Avengers film comes out because I believe it's scheduled for 2025. Yes. So we're going to get the Kang Dynasty and we're going to get Secret Wars. They're supposedly going to be in the same year. I'm going to wait to see how that actually turns out. I'm not sure if that is actually how it will go down, but that's what they're slated for right now. 
So, and they asked Kevin Feige at Comic-Con, he kind of talked about it. Um, and they were saying, well, you know, why is there such a long hiatus? Like what's why? Like, and he said, well, when they were doing the first three phases, there were less projects over more years. So they were smaller projects and individual and individual character stories. And it felt appropriate at that, at that point that after every two or three years, it, um, it took for a phase, we would do an Avengers film. Um, and then he says, as phase four, five and six were coming together, there are more projects in less years because of all the amazing stuff we're now allowed to do on Disney Plus and getting characters from Fox, Fantastic Four and Deadpool that it felt like certainly after Infinity War and Endgame that we thought Avengers movies aren't cappers. So many of our movies now, Multiverse of Madness and what you're about to see in Ant-Man are all big team up films introducing big parts of the mythology. Avengers films really should be the capper to a saga. So he says more, people. What do you think about that description? Uh, that Feige gave about the how the how the Avengers um, in the first four fa- three phases were done, and then how they're doing them now. I liked how they did it in the three phases. Okay, the first three phases. To be honest, with you. I like the fact that they're the cappers. It's like you know, like isn't that wasn't that the whole point of the uh, of the Avengers films? Like it, it's kind of like the final piece of that that phase. Like I, I thought you guys, I thought they did it really well, and it worked for them. But um, you know, if he wants to do it differently, he can do it differently. But I, you know, again, like if it's not broke, don't fix it. But I'm with you. I, I I think those two Avengers movies will get split at some point. Yeah, I I don't think we're going to have, um, both of those movies in the same year. If they do, then they're going to have to be shot like long before, I would imagine, uh, before they actually like way years before that, or they're going to shoot it in various stages and then put it all together at the at the one point if they're going to come out in the same. We'll year. see. I mean, that's. So. I feel like every time someone tries to make two movies back to back, it just becomes such a hassle, and they just. Let's yep. focus on the first one, then we'll pick it up. Like I just, I, I always feel like it always comes to that. Yep, I agree. So, and as we've seen, we've seen this in the past before with Marvel, uh, especially when we're talking about the Infinity Saga, because the first part was supposed to be the both movies were supposed to be Infinity War Part One and then Part Two, and then they changed into two separate films. So we know Justice League. We never got Part Two. Yes, we never got Part Two, which is a sad point for a lot of people. But I digress. Uh, <laughs> so I really want to, this is something though. This is kind of where my mini rant comes from that I want to talk about because Ooh, rant mode. let me get my popcorn. All right. So during a lot of people during the first four, three phases were say how, Oh, it's not cool. These, the directors aren't telling stories cause it's a big through line and all we're doing is getting to the end. Um, and I hate it. And, you know, directors should be able to tell their own story and move on to the next film and whatever. And then the team up should come at the end. They shouldn't all connect. Now, fans are upset that we're not getting <laughs> these connected films at the end of each phase. They're upset and say, well, where's all where's this all going? Like, what, where, where, what's where's the plan? The, what's, what's the plan? plan? What's the what's end plan? point for all this crap? And I'm sitting here. I just, I'm just laughing. I'm like, do you realize how hypocritical you're being? No, they don't. Cause that's, that's how they go about. They just, they just want to say the opposite thing. They want to complain about something cause they're not happy with what they have. So it just pisses me off. Like just let them do what they're doing and enjoy the movies. That's always my bottom line with these things. No matter what we get in comic book movie world, just enjoy the films, enjoy the stories. If they connect, great. If they don't, that's fine too. Yeah, I don't Who get cares? it. Who cares? Right? Just enjoy this stuff, guys. Again, if you would have told me 20 years ago, 25 years ago, that we were going to have this kind of um, Marvel universe of films, I would have slapped you in the face and said, shut up, stop teasing me. Like, that's what I would have said to you because 
never did I think this was possible. And now not only do we have did only get a first um, three phases in 10 years, we're getting more of this stuff and we're getting TV shows and we're getting all this fantastic material. You know, we're getting books that tie into things now, especially in DC. We're getting that Riddler comic, right? Like that, that um, Paul Dano's writing, like we're getting all this great stuff um, that tie into whatever. And even like I said, with DC, with the Reeves verse, we're getting two TV shows on HBO max. Like we're getting all this great content. Just who cares if they connect or not? Just enjoy what what you're getting because it's not going to last forever. So that's it. That's my little. I got one thing though. Here's one thing I'm not getting. And this is what really pisses me off. Uh-oh. And I think, you know, I think it deserves to be said again. Okay. Because I don't think I could say it enough. Mashed potatoes. I want my mashed potatoes. <laughs> like, God damn it. Where are my mashed potatoes? Dick shoes. Where are they? You promised me the world's greatest mashed potatoes, and then you bring me Chicago-style ribs. Rick, I can make my own fair. ribs. It's fair. Yes, Pete is very I good at make smoking my own ribs. ribs. Rick, Rick, Eric has eaten my ribs. I have. And Eric has eaten your ribs. I have. Eric says, my ribs are better. Now. I like smoked ribs. Now, I can make my own ribs. I don't make mashed potatoes, Rick. You you make better mashed potatoes than me. I'm willing to fully admit that and concede and say you do because it's not something I do. But I wouldn't know because you're too afraid to have me try these mashed potatoes. Yes. And I know, like, you know, as someone who cooks, you're afraid of actual – someone who knows what they're talking about to give you their opinion because I'm wondering if maybe these mashed potatoes aren't all they're cracked up to be. (laughs) I'm wondering, are they just Hungry Jack mashed potatoes with a couple, you know, spuds in there for show? I don't know, Rick. I, you you got to present this mashed potato dish and let me try it. And, uh, you know, I, to be honest, Rick, I hope Eric wipes the floor with you in this competition. Thank you haven't you. accepted, but I imagine you would because you're not a, you know, scared little coward. <laughs> I knew what you were going to say. You, you could have said it. It's fine. Are you, Rick? Are you a coward? Are you a coward, Rick? Are you scared of Eric Holzman's mashed potatoes? Shouldn't be scared of them. You should want to enjoy them. You should be scared because he's going to taste them and realize how good they are. Then he's going to be like, I can't trust your opinion. You like pizza and and IPA beer. Like what? And bacon on burgers and chocolate. (laughs) Oh, How dare you you like chocolate? Oh, it's crazy. Crazy. All right. So rant over Pete's little rant over as well. Moving right along. I'm sorry. It's It's fine. It eats at my soul. It's fine. I understand. I would be upset too. If I was promised something and didn't get it, I'd be quite upset. But we are promised as you just, we just talked about two Avengers films in 2025. Uh, We didn't know who the directors were, but now we know one of the directors for the Kang dynasty. It's going to be the Shang-Chi director, Destin Daniel Cretton. So he will be doing the Kang Dynasty, which is pretty cool, which I'm assuming now means we're going to get Shang-Chi as one of the Avengers in that <laughs> that movie. I if, want Shang- if I'm fighting something, I want Shang-Chi on my team. Right. So, And we don't know what characters are going to be in either of these films, which is the crazy part. But um, I'm assuming now, since the director for Shang-Chi, who's doing not only the Avengers, but also doing the sequel to Shang-Chi, which they talk about in here as well. Uh, I think they like this guy. Yeah, I think they like him and I think they want they, you know, he's going to include that character in his Avengers film. So 
Um, like I mentioned, as we know, Kang is being played by Jonathan Majors, who is also in Loki. He will be in Ant-Man and the Wasp, which we just spoke about as well. So we have a director. What we don't have a director for yet is the Secret Wars. And I have mentioned in the past on this show no. that the Russo brothers... No. God, no. <laughs> God, who no. have famously spoken about doing wanting to do secret wars i'd rather eat the chicago style ribs so <laughs> i don't want any part well, of speaking of the russo brothers i did watch the gray man and i the russos it call it gravy as far as i'm concerned the russos are gravy italians they don't call it right. sauce it's gravy i'm just telling you the gray man i enjoyed you're I the only person who said it was good so. everyone else says it's bad who's everyone else reno reno says it was trash Oh, I didn't even know he watched it. Ah, uh, he did. He because he, he hate watchers. He's, he's like, uh, he's like Russo's. I, mean, I watched a Russo okay. movie because Expo's baseball not on, and then I I watched this Russo movie. Horrible. Why are you like, making him sound I, Russian? I, I Rito, I'm disguising my voice so the Montreal police cannot find me. So Vigo, okay, the Carpathian. He sounds, he sounds more Russian than French right now. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I was Russian Reno. But no, seriously, it was good. It wasn't, it's not a great movie. It's not something I'm going to win awards, but it's an action film and it was very well yeah, done. I enjoyed it. It's So the Russos can that. direct in MTV. But I will say this awards. is the first movie of theirs outside of the two, outside of the Marvel films that I've liked. I will say that. This is the oh, first you, one that you, I've liked. You didn't like Yumi and Dupree? I didn't like Cherry. No, I didn't like Yumi and no, Dupree. Nobody liked Cherry. I didn't like Cherry. Uh, the one that, well, the one that they produced with Chadwick Boseman, 21 Bridges or mm-hmm. that one, that movie, it wasn't good. Um, so like there's things they've done that I've seen that I'm like, eh, not good. Cherry, I didn't like it all. Hey, but look, this, this the I sun shines in a dirty dog's ass once a day. I'm glad the Russos made something that's comparable to a film, but they're still hacks. They made three things that are comparable to a film. That's not true. They had Papa Feige in the corner telling them what to do and a little bit of James Gunn. I don't want to hear it. They still directed them. Uh, yeah. So. And Zack Snyder directed Justice League 2017. <laughs> Parts of it. <laughs> Parts yeah, of he, it. he directed, directed a couple scenes. Okay. Uh, give me a break. The Russo's. Now, you just mentioned James Gunn, and I love the guy. I really do. I love how he interacts with his fans. I think he's just a really fun guy. Uh, he puts, you know, he's very open about a lot of things. Uh, he goes at, he, he doesn't, he's like me. When someone comes after him, he'll go back at them. <laughs> he doesn't just deal with it. He, champion, Hoseman, he, just, Spons, baby. he just, he goes back at the, which I love. Uh, so there was a lot of talk about, obviously we, there was a lot of footage we didn't get at Comic-Con, but one of the specific ones was guardians of the galaxy three. There was a trailer and we, of I course, love it, this by the way. I it, love yeah. It. it wasn't released to the public. So they were kind of a fan as always. It's always a fan. Um, they asked him like, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you, why are we not really to the public? And he basically said, it's not Marvel. It's me. Although I love the teaser, some visual effects aren't what I want them to be for repeated views and close inspection. Remember, we didn't rap, rap so long ago, so you'll have to just wait a beat. Sorry. Because all you jackasses criticize She-Hulk. Stop being morons. Not only she They gave it to you. 
I'm not just saying only- it's the most recent thing. It's you, you goddamn scrubs. Just again, back to what Eric said earlier. Be happy what you got. You took it apart. You know it's not done. They they said, hey, it's not finished, but you know what? The fans deserve this because you, you they think you do. You complain they don't they, they don't think that, but you do. They said the fans deserve this. They showed it to you and you ripped it apart like a bunch of morons. That's why you didn't get the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer. And thank God James Gunn has enough balls to tell Marvel, no, I'm not doing it because I'm not getting ripped apart on social media by a bunch of morons. It's true. So you know what? You did it to yourself. Stop complaining about it. Stop complaining in general. Well, that's been the entire, like, that has been the entire thing, especially with, like, Moon Knight. They go, everyone complained about the CGI in Moon Knight. And as we know, the pandemic closed down a lot of these houses, or they were working on limited... Moon Knight's not real. You can't get a person to move like that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's been a constant complaint. So, in my eyes, if I, this answer to me, I'm like, okay, great. They want to release he wants to release a better product it's the same reason why the dc movies were moved back it's the cgi wasn't done and then when you got the original uh, trailer for black adam we saw it and that little sizzle that we got from comic-con was so much better right so you can see why they're doing these things That's and patient. why they pushed it back and yeah the just ADD generation the constant scrolling instant gratification sorry Yep, and if you really want to find that footage, guys, I'm sure in Reddit, 4chan, some kind of black part on the internet, it exists, and you could find it. Like, if you're really that crazy or, or hard up to find this footage, then you can find it if you want to. Like, just stop asking these questions. If I, Like I said, I applaud Gunn for ad- answering it, and he's always very gracious he, and nice. He's also earned the right to say no. I love that he fi- somebody finally can stand up to Disney and say, no, you're not releasing this because it's, it's not ready. Like, yeah. thank God he's earned that right. Yeah. He has. Yeah, he has. Even, I mean, even if I don't like Guardians too, he still earned the right to make that move and say, no, this movie is not ready to be displayed to the public. Well, I mean... And I don't mind preserving the mystique of Hall H either. Like, it's something that's kind of faded away. Right. You know, at one point, I mean, I, I was reading transcripts of trailers. You know, like, they're, those days are long gone. But, you know, it, it's the elusive Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailers out there somewhere. You know, like yeah. it's, it's still kind of fun. It brings me back. And, you know, again, like complainers suck it, sack up. I agree. Like, just let this go, guys. Um, you know, and again, he's very gracious to answer the question. He's a better man than me because I would have been like, well, because you weren't in Hall H. <laughs> Eric would have been like, I'm a champion long on 17 champs. Shut your mouth. I don't know what the hell he just said. Champion. I, I don't know what he said, guys. Don't ask. I got I, your mother's phone number. We'll have, we'll get a trans, I get a transcript of every show. This is going to just be all gibberish when I get when it gets finished. What Pete's saying. I'm your daddy. All right. Alert. Get your balls ready. You asked for it and they listened. Our friends at Manscaped just brought back the ultra smooth package. It's time to stop, drop, and order this premium shaving kit. Everyone knows by now the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best electric shave for your balls. But if you're looking for a closer shave to go bare down there, then the ultra smooth package is the perfect set. It's time to shave that bush of yours and get right to the roots with a discount just for you. Ah, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code Gotham. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, recently we've gotten word that this stuff actually does help. So, you know, guys, we're not a just listener talk- did reach out to us and said he had a very successful evening and he was complimented um, of the uh, fragrance of the groin area. So, yes, 
So I will as not you, name names, but um, you know who you are. You know who you are. And we appreciate you actually uh, supporting us yes. and buying the products, the wonderful products from Manscaped. Uh, we appreciate all that. And uh, I'm very happy that we could assist you hockey style in uh, getting <laughs> it in. So you're welcome. Yes. As you guys know, this this specific item we're talking about is not the lawnmower 4.0, but it's an actual razor. So, um, you know, this is to get when you want to get really in close, you want to do more than just trimming. You want to get right down to the skin. This is this will help you do that part. It comes with the three step process, right? So you have the crop exfoliator, which is infused with ingredients that can soothe, clear and keep the skin on and around your groin feeling refreshed. Then you have the gel, which is see where you're shaving with our unique clear shaving gel just for the groin with four essential oils. It's like a spa treatment every time you shave. And then, of course, the crop shaver itself, which was designed for shaving the groin area with confidence. This razor has three precision blades, including extra wide lubricating strips and a pivoting head for the ultimate groin grooming experience. So don't forget, you'll get 20% off and free shipping with the code Gotham at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code, sorry, code Gotham at Manscaped.com. Smooth out your fellas with the relaunched Ultra Smooth Package from the fellas at Manscaped. And as always, your balls will thank you. And you will thank us. Yes, we have literally just thanked. We just got thanked recently, so yes, that is very, very true. That uh, that feels like we're Cupid, my friend. I know it's crazy. I, I never would wanted to be Cupid like this, but hey, we are. I'll take it. We it's are. Fine. You are your balls, Cupid. <laughs> That's your your balls. So, Cupid. so Pete, we do know that Harley Quinn is coming back. The TV, the the animated cartoon is coming back. It is back. It's it's yes. now. It's live. You're right. It's dropped. It's live. Yes, I am. I am. Stand corrected. You're correct. It is back. But we are getting a Spotify podcast that stars Christina Ricci, Billy Magnuson, and Justin Hartley of Harley Quinn and the Joker. Um, it's being written and developed and directed by Eli Horowitz, who did Homecoming. Uh, so Ricci obviously will be playing Harley Quinn. Uh, Billy Magnuson, who's No Time to Die, the many shades of he was many saints of Newark as well as the Joker, and then Justin Hartley, who of course this is us, is going to be voicing Bruce Wayne. So I love it. I think this is great. Um, uh-huh. Batman Unchained has been a huge success. Yes, people say it's absolutely fantastic. I've unburied, unburied. It. Is that what, is what I say? Unchained. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> uh, Batman Unburied, I've heard, is absolutely fantastic. It's I haven't listened good. to it, but I know Ryan Hoss thinks it's brilliant. Um, if this is in that light, then I'm all for it. I love Christina Ricci, so I will probably most likely I will tune into this because I'm a huge fan of her. She's probably like, I don't know, like one of my first crushes as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'm down for this. So this is cool. I'm, and, you know, it's, it's, I tried with, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of this stuff and this is just me, but like this whole podcast uh, show thing, like the it's- old school radio stuff. Yeah, I tried listening to the Batman Gotham Adventures, the first podcast they did, mm-hmm. the audio adventures, and that was fun for a little bit. But I can only do so much, you know, like maybe like an episode or two a week. <laughs> it is, it is a little different. I'll yeah. say that because I've I listened to the first two episodes of Batman Unburied. I haven't finished it, but I didn't. Um, I did like what listening to it and what I heard. So mm-hmm. it is something that takes a little bit of adjustment. Uh, to because I'm so used to seeing, watching these things. Seeing is believing. So, but it does take a little bit of an adjustment. But here's the little synopsis of what it's going to be, guys. So, um, 
In the forthcoming series, when we meet Harley, she's Dr. Harleen Quinzel, a gifted psychologist at Arkham Asylum in Gotham City, determined to help patients whom her colleagues have written off. But her dad is sick and in need of an expensive life-saving operation Harleen can't afford. So when she meets patient Jay, a unique criminal who seems to have a strange power over everyone but her, Harleen makes a faithful decision to use her relationship with the Joker to get what she needs, leading them both down a dangerous path that will change their lives forever. So. It sounds like ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> kind of does actually so uh there you have it so look out be on the lookout for this one guys uh it doesn't say does it say when it's starting no it doesn't say when it's starting so it's just it's out there it's in development if we get news on when it starts we will pass that along to you guys as well i just i, I just had this pop in my head <laughs> what if i like did like an eric holzman championship like theme song in light of in like the vein of transformers <laughs> like eric holzman champion did, in disguise why did that eric just holzman pop into your head long islands i i don't know like it just did just pop in my head <laughs> <laughs> like if you don't get the random eric holzman text from me i don't like you okay <laughs> just put it out there if you don't get like a voice recording of me saying Eric's name to you, I don't like you. Well, you also now put stuff on the group in the Facebook group, uh, <laughs> announcing my arrival. Um, so if if you're part of the group, you get it anyway. It doesn't matter. You're getting some kind of something. It's Holzman. <laughs> Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Holzman. Oh. They said we should do we should we should create a comic of this, Pete. That'd be hysterical. Eric Holzman. We know people who, in disguise. We know people who can draw. That'd be perfect. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So one of the big parts of Multiverse of Madness was when we got to see uh some of the other characters in the MCU appeared. Um what were they called? The Illuminati, sorry. When we got to see Illuminati and we got to see Reed Richards played by, of course, John Krasinski. Mm -hmm. And since that's come out, everybody's kind of like, oh, is he going to be, you know, is he going to be cast as the role? Well, Everyone, Paul Herman's been complaining about it since he's seen the movie. see what's <laughs> been going on. Anyway, we love you, Paul. Anyway. Paul um, hates me, but it's right. <laughs> he doesn't hate you. He hates me. Oh, stop it. He doesn't hate you. He just likes me at least. So, <laughs> Krasinski was on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, um, and he kind of let it slip that he was going to be reprising the role. Uh, so they respond to a theory that his character Jim Halpert was the villain of The Office. All along, he joked around to me because I played it as a supervillain. That's why I did Fantastic Four to balance it out. I had already done the villain. Oh, he did Fantastic Four. He didn't do Multiverse of Madness. Yes, oh. that's what they're saying. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. In so hand. this would mean, though, that it's done. <laughs> or or right? it would mean that, you know, that he signed the contract. Right. So, we'll see. I mean, I think it'd be cool if he did it. I thought he was a cool part of the of the movie. Having him in, again, it's a fan cast. People have been asking for him to play the part for so many years. and then they Which is so interesting because I never thought about it until somebody made the Photoshop. Well, yeah, right. I guess. Like, yeah, he's an actor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, pretty cool. Um, uh, but I wouldn't read too far into it, guys. We kind of, you should kind of just wait and see what happens. Eric, that's what we do on the internet. But if it does happen, great. If it doesn't, I'm sure we'll they'll cast we'll, someone fantastic. We'll revolt. 
I will have vote. You, you will hashtag them. So bring I, back JK. All right, I need to create a I need to create an intro for this segment because it's be- literally become a weekly part of our show. Um, oh. <laughs> so, guys, we have more Madam Web news. I can't wait for everyone to be there opening night and tell me how amazing this movie is going to kick ass. Just want you all to know that. Pete, we should petition Sony to get like uh, some kind of royalty for how much we report on this movie. Like we've we really been should. we've been following it step by step. We have been. Yeah, we're pretty been. much your authoritative podcast for everything Madam Web. We are. We are. I don't know anyone else talking about it. So apparently we, we are the authoritative podcast. We are your official Madam, Madam Web, Web headquarters. Yes. At least this movie news. We're Madam Web News. That's what we should do. We should become Madam Web News. Here we go. And then just leak out spy pics and say uh, zaddy things. And you know. So we had reported recently that we knew that Boston was one of the locations, is the location they seem to be filming. Um, the movie was expected to start filming on July 11th. Uh so we have that to think about. It says July 11th. Yeah, so I guess that's correct. Um, this location, including the Hangout, a 33,000 square feet former fighter jet hangar mm-hmm. left over from Union Point's pre- previous life as South Weymouth Naval Air Station. So if you guys are in Boston or are Boston fans, you want to go check out, go over there. They might, You might catch some shots, some scenes being shot. You can do that as well. Uh, we know Dakota Johnson, of course. Plays. Now, remember, it takes place in 2003, so all your Red yes. Sox World Series stuff hasn't happened yet, so you can leave all that crap home. <laughs> so there's been a ton of, like, if you go on Facebook, there's been a ton of, like, little drops here about what's going on. Um, They said the upcoming, there's going to be apparently a Viper or Dodge Viper is going to be used in the film, and there's there's a little pictures about that. Uh, they're looking. They're looking to cast people to play background and extras and cops and all that stuff too. So if you live in the area, or if you want to drive up there from from New York, or you want to, my favorite part of the article, they're specifically looking for cars from two thousand three. Yes, they need your old cars. Eric has a Toyota Celica from two thousand two, no, which I, I think would would apply because it happened before. So I think you should drive up to Boston. <laughs> I don't have a Toyota Celica. Don't that's, you? But like, you spend a lot of time up in Boston anyway, right? Because don't you do like the whole Red Sox Bat Boy thing? What? Isn't that you? Aren't you the Red Sox Bat Boy? <laughs> yes, there was a picture I believe that you put out. It's not, well, he, he's and he wasn't. There. I, I see him all the time. He wasn't a Bat Boy. That's a Batman. That is a grown man. <laughs> Eric took his love for Batman a little too seriously, <laughs> and he was hoping Affleck would see him and, at Fenway, not realizing Affleck lives in LA now. So. Yeah, but also, guys, Madam Web will also be shot in Mexico and in New York, Pete, as well. So maybe we can kind of get on the set for that. We should try and do that. That's good. Let's try and do that. I'll, I'll bring my Aaron Boone t-shirt. So that would be fun. But uh, yeah, guys, so little bits and pieces about what, what they're doing, how we're going, what they're going about with this production. And again, we are your one-stop shop for all Madam Web news. So That's right. If you're interested in this film, stay tuned to Straight Outta Gotham, and we will let you know what's going on. You can even message us um, if you want to. We should get go to the premiere. And we we'll should tell get you. us to the premiere. Yeah, guys, if you want to st- start that hashtag campaign, we'll 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 support Send, it. Uh, Sog <laughs> to Madam Dubs. <laughs> we'll support that one. Send us send us to the Madam Web premiere. Uh, and, yeah, do and some good with your hashtags for a change. Seriously. You know, we know that movie's coming, so we don't need to have it made. Yeah, or be restored. (laughs) Are we a cult yet? Or we're just two people? 
I think we I think we need at least three people to be a cult. So we're not there. We yet. got Lauer. He's a that's it. We're a cult. <laughs> so definitely. How many people guys. do we need for bots? How do we, how can we afford bots? Oh, I don't know how that works. I'll call Zach. I'll give Zach a call. We'll let him ask him. <laughs> I'll ask him. We'll figure it out. You might we'll have talk. more luck trying to reach Fiona. <laughs> Oh, we're going to get hated for this episode anyway. As long as they listen. <laughs> That's true. As long as they listen. All right. So one of the best pieces of news we got recently, and it was just a few days ago, um, Alan Horn is going to be returning to Warner Brothers Studios to help shape the film studio during the transition between Warner Brothers and Discovery. So as we know, Horn was around when the studio was thriving. Uh, so... They're bringing him back. And again, he's just as an advisor type role. He's going to be advising Zaslav, which is great because as we know, Zaslav seems to have a lot of ambition, but I think, think he needs to be like reined in a little bit. And I think someone like Horn, with someone like Horn being around, it'll help. So Zaslav sent a memo to the staff, and this is what it said. I am thrilled to share with you that Alan Horn, one of the most respected studio executives in the industry, has agreed to assist me in a consultant role during this transition period starting August 1st. No one knows this business better than Alan does. He has an extraordinary career spanning nearly half a century. Most recently, he served as chairman and later co-chairman and creative Chief Creative Officer of the Walt Disney Studios, where for a near period of nearly 10 years, he oversaw the production of all motion pictures and the integration of Lucasfilm and the Fox Film Studios, as well as the expansion into producing content for Disney streaming services. And it goes on to speak a little bit more and more, but that's basically... This guy sounds like everything Jason Kalar was made out to be. Yeah, so... um, uh, From the people I talked to about this, it makes sense just because like financially, this guy has a great business mind. And, you know, they're just trying to rekindle past past success that they had at Warner Brothers, and he was still doing it after he left Warner Brothers. So good move. Uh, I personally don't care for executive news. I know everyone loves it. Um, none of this matters to me. The only thing that matters is what's on the screen. <laughs> well, I think when you hear about um, what, what Zaslav like, was trying to get someone to, especially for, like, Warner, for um, the DC portion, like someone to run the studio, uh, he's like I said, he seemed to have a lot of ideas and he wanted mm. to do things all at once, but he didn't really have the direction. So having someone who's been in with that studio before, like Horn, probably is going to help him. This so, is why I have you around. I have a lot of ambition. I have a lot of ideas, but you kind of keep it in check, <laughs> you know? So it's timing, of course, and all different things. But anytime you hear someone like this, who's respected and who's worked for the studio before coming back to help out, uh, it can only be a good good news. So um, we'll look forward to it. And guys, maybe he's the one who thought of the plan that we don't know about yet. <laughs> Eric, the plan's been there since Zaslav's been there. <laughs> I'm just saying. But he says in the he says in the piece he's been consulting. He's been speaking to him for months already. So the past six months, he says he's had time to spend with Mr. Horn. So we will see, uh, you know what happens but that's only to me that's can only be good news and uh you know it should make fans feel better and it already has because when this news broke all the a lot of our people who are who are friends with were like oh this is great news now they have some direction and some leadership so there you go yeah great i'm really excited all right so let's really quickly talk about the three trailers we'll do them very quickly um the first one we'll start with is halloween ends uh this one came out a couple weeks ago but 
with Comic-Con last week, Pete and I just focused on that, so we're going to talk about it now. Mostly and because Eric hated Halloween Kills. I didn't hate it. You hate it. You said it was the worst like movie ever created. You said it was non... It has silly motivations. That's why. I don't... A lot of the Your stuff motivation is silly. Sense. That's it. You're a Met fan. But this trailer is everything I've wanted um, this movie... How I want this to end. That you basically see Michael and Laurie fighting, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what you want. Like that's what I want to see. I want to see them finally have this final knockdown drag out battle. Uh the one scene where he's trying to put her hand in the, the garden. Dude, I got disposal. the chills just from oh, the trailer, bro. So cool. Um, yeah, definitely down for this. I enjoyed the re uh the seek boot be- re- re- requel. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Uh Halloween 18 was great. I really, really enjoyed Halloween Kills. I'm very excited no, to see this one. I'm excited to see how they do a supposedly definitive ending. This is the end to this yes. uh, quadology. This trilogy specifically, but you, you combined all four. Yes. They're all series. I guess you call it a, is it a quadology, the right word. Um, but uh, whatever these four films, I think it's cool. I, 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 I like the fact that it's kind of in a weird way, Nolanized. Like it has a definitive ending. This is where this story ends. Somebody else can pick it up wherever they want and do whatever they want. They can, for crying out loud, after after this movie, you can take it up after Halloween four, and no one's going to care. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's actually great that they did this because I can see other we see other franchises doing this. Uh, they're rebooting the franchise; it's already been rebooted twice, you know. But they're doing a direct sequel, so like, I'm all for it. People understand it. The fact that they were able to do it on Halloween means that they will do it at some point to these larger scale films. And you never know. Maybe you do get your Man of Steel 2 with Henry Cavill in 15 more years. I don't know. But it's still open for possibility, right? Like it just, again, it's cool that they're doing this. Somebody else will get creative and think of another way to do this for another character. But I'm happy to see a final real strong ending to this story. I'm I'm excited because, you know, Jamie Lee has said this is the last time she's going to do this. And she said that for Resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. We'll see what happens. But it's crazy again, what you do when you need money, right? With uh, the check. I, you need a check. I mean, she you know came, what I would do for money. She came, <laughs> she came back around. So yeah. So I'm looking forward to this too. Uh, like I did. Like I said, I like 2018. I didn't love kills that much. I thought it was a little silly at points. Can't but but this one is. <laughs> but this this one the trailer looks fantastic so i'm very very looking forward to this uh and it's coming out on halloween right so here we go let's do it baby so the next one the next two are quick teasers let's start with i am groot uh there was a quick teaser trailer for the disney plus show that's coming it's going to be four shorts based on groot um and I don't know how we're going to get through a show where he's just saying, I am Groot all the time. I agree with you. I was like, now that he's the main character, he's got to say at least two other words. <laughs> but uh, it looks very cute, right? Like, it's a very cute looking little story. I think it's very funny looking. I think it's yeah. great. I mean, I'm I'm really excited for this. I mean, I'm he's always, he's not my favorite guardian because he doesn't say anything. Like, I know he has great moments, but it's yeah. hard for me to just get attached to Groot when he doesn't say anything. Like the, he I, I can't like I was like, where's the the pitch? <laughs> I don't know. Like I just can't tell what he's grooting about. But um, you're right. I think it, it's 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 going to be really interesting because it's going to probably be a lo- there's not going to be a lot of dialogue. It looks like I know. So I know. it's I, is this going to be like watching Snoopy? I guess similar. Yeah, I still don't know what those white things are. I thought they might be termites, but I have no idea. What those little aliens. 
I mean, Groot's not really like. a tree. <laughs> so I know that's true. So we'll check. We'll see. But it, guys, it does look very cute. Um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Let us know what you think. And the last one is Pinocchio. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. And I have to say that thing looks beautiful. Um, it's it just really, really shocked me in how good it, it was. So I don't know why you're so shocked. It's Guillermo del Toro. Like just like because everything he makes looks gorgeous. Just because that story has been told numerous mm. times and the Disney one is such a classic and, and a very beloved film. Uh, so whenever you trying to do a take on something that was done so well one time, um, it, it's kind of like, all right, let's see how this works. And he sticks with the like traditional... Superman. <laughs> yeah. And he sticks with the traditional tale from the story. It's not it's not cartooned up. I mean, Pinocchio in this is a tree and he looks like wood and um, Jiminy Cricket is an actual cricket. Like it's not this one wearing a top hat and singing like in Disney one. So you have like these all these very traditional uh, characters being shown in their the form that they most likely would were in the book. And so I'm very looking forward to it now. I wasn't before. I do like I always like GDT. I always give his movies a shot. But this one I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. And that little teaser we got, it didn't do anything. But really, this, I've, been, I've been captivated since day one when I so with just having GDT do a Pinocchio movie. I'm like, this is this is worth taking note here. It really is. So so you you really love the trailer. Yeah, I'm all for it. By the way, Judge is now hitting 301, so I guess he's now the <laughs> he's best the best player. player in baseball now. According to Twitter, he's the best player in baseball because he's hitting over 300. <laughs> uh, two, 295 wasn't good enough last night. Um, so. Yeah, so I'm really excited. Uh, I don't hear any CGI problems about Pinocchio, though. No. It's been, you know, I, and it seems to be a lot of CGI. <laughs> so I guess yeah. from the get-go, it's different when you're applying it to live action. I don't know. I wonder, maybe they had first Yeah, Geppetto, Geppetto looks so good. Like, they really, really, it really, really looks it's fascinating. Yeah. And Netflix, too, right? Yeah, it's Netflix. This Netflix is definitely too. Netflix's uh, best-looking movie ever. Sorry, uh, <laughs> zaddies. Uh, this looks way better than Army of the Dead. Um, you didn't watch The Gray Man, so you can't really comment. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, Gravy Russo fanatics. You're wrong. I don't need Dude, to I'm telling you, it's a good movie. I, I'll tell you what. You know what I saw that was better than The Gray Man? The dump I just took 20 minutes ago. You didn't even see it. How do you know? I, I don't need to see it. I know. It's, it's the Russos. It's what it is. It's, uh, no, I'm it. telling you, it's a fun movie. Trust oh, me. God. I don't love all their stuff, but this was good. <sighs> so. I'd rather just sit in a room with Rick Shue and hear him talk about politics for three hours. <laughs> Trust me, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. No, 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 no. Trust me. On this I'd one. rather listen to Rick talk politics than watch the no. movie again. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, totally. No, Pete. Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas is in the Gray Man. How how long is the Gray Man? It's about two and a half hours. I'd rather listen to Rick talk. No, no, no. Did you just hear me? Anna de Armas is in the Gray Man. That's that should be enough to at least get you to watch. No, I'm good. Because beauty like that I'll deserves to be watched. I'll watch Blade Runner. I'll go watch Blade Runner. Beauty like, oh, she's beautiful. Anyway. All right. So we're at the end of the rope on this one. I don't know if that was a good thing to say, but we are. We're at the end of the rope. Let me tell you, Eric Holzman, 17-time champion, Long Island's finest. The <laughs> ladies love him. The men Girls want adore him. me. 
I mean, even the ones who never saw me. The grandmothers make him cookies and leave it at his front door. I the way that I'm at a show. Yesterday, Eric had a nice old woman down the block. Her name is Gertrude. She made him a sponge cake <laughs> for no reason. She's just, he was telling me this. He's like, yeah, Gertrude Mulvey from down the street just came down and dropped me off a sponge cake. Guys. Like, so I have no idea. <laughs> he was like, I was like, He's like, yeah, just, just one. She's about sixty-seven years old. I was like, wow. Yeah. All right. I was like, sorry. <laughs> Eric and Gertie. <laughs> Eric and Gertie. I'm like, geez. Dude, I, not gonna lie, I'd do some damage on a sponge cake, though. I would. I was like, I first thing I was like, man, what is Sally Testerberger gonna think about this? <laughs> That's a different story. Oh, Gertie. Good old Gertie. Have you been, Gertie? I, you know, Gertie's a little bit older. I mean, I didn't know you were into the older chicks. You know, you're into gilfs. I just, yeah, you know, she's she she has a good life insurance policy, so I'm in. I'm ready. I'm down. Eric is a gilf hunter. <laughs> geriatric is the G stand for geriatric. <laughs> grandma. Oh, grandma. There you go. <laughs> granny. Eric's into grannies. Oh boy. Oh, <laughs> Holzman, you stepped into it as the coli, baby! The C-O-L-I! Eric Holzman, champion of Long Island. Come and get some, baby. Now Pete's transitioning back. Here we he go. go. He goes from Lewis Black to, like, Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> to Ooxis! Ooxis! Holzman! Pete has all these different personalities, guys. Did you wonder why he is the way he is? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Uxus Galactus, Uxus Holzman, Galactus Holzman, Eric Gang. Yeah, you guys should see the name he picked wild. for today for for the room. You should you should see the name. <laughs> I can't say it because it's it's vulgar. But <laughs> it's, it's not Galactus. I'll tell you that much, Scrubs. <laughs> All right, Pete's a little crazy right now, guys. So I'm gonna let him tell you He's where you one can and a two find and him. a three and a four and Eric Cola. He'll give you some more. Ooh, yeah. Eric. Oh, All right, yeah. Pete. You can follow me on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Zach Snyder's favorite platform bureau at Pete Illustrated. You can follow podcast number one, the podcast you're listening to right now, currently straight to Gotham at straight underscore O underscore G on Instagram and Twitter. Podcast number two, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast at Italians for Spidey on Twitter. Do that with Nicholas and Nico Caruso. That's a lot of fun. At Team Yellow Oval. I'm on BatmanOnFilm.com doing toy reviews. You got comic book reviews. You got interviews. You got all kinds of stuff over there. I'm all over Batman on Film YouTube. Um, I'm doing all kinds of stuff. Let's have fun talking about Ooxis. Ooh, Ooxis. I, I love you, Ooxis. Love me back. Guys, I think Pete did a little coke. I'm not going to lie. Might have just <laughs> snorted a little one. <laughs> Wake up, old baby! And I missed it. I didn't catch it, but uh, I think you might have. No, I'm just kidding. Of course. Um, I guess it's my turn. You can All catch right. Ooxis fever. Oh Jesus! Anyway, you guys know where you can find me on Twitter. Finally, thirty-three spell finale thirty-three. Check me out. All check out our Facebook group and our Facebook page. The group is growing. It's a lot more fun when you guys interact. I have a great time in there. Um, and Pete obviously likes announcing my arrivals in certain different times of the day, which. Is always on, so Holzman. so I don't so so you, I'm always tagged at obviously everything that I can see all this stuff. So definitely love interacting with you guys there. Um, what else was I thinking about? 
I know I did a poll recently. I forgot. I don't. I don't remember what it was. That's this crazy. That's how old uh, I'm getting. What guys. is your favorite ketchup? Is it Heinz or is no? It, it wasn't a ketchup or a hot sauce poll. It was. I forget. Do you like oh. broccoli or cauliflower? Which one? No, it was about franchises. It was about a franchise. It was about franchises, movie franchises. I forget what I did. But anyway, I thank everyone for interacting with that. Um, I do wish that if you guys answer it, you like give a reason why, because I like to know why you guys are answering what you're answering. So then don't give them an option. Make them write a comment. No, I say write. I say pick and then an- tell me why in the comments. I always can, say that. No, no, no. Because if you give them the option to pick, they're just going to pick. Anyway. Guys, I, I have fun with the group, so check us, check me out, check both of us out over there. As as always, of course, you can get all of our articles and everything that's going to be on the show there as well. So it's a very quick and easy way to find that information. Check out my podcast, All Nicked Up, all about the New York Knicks. It's me and three of my friends talking about the Knicks and and where they're headed and what we're doing. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. We're recording another live stream, I think, this coming week. Where's so. Mitchell? Did you get Mitchell yet? Haven't gotten them yet, and apparently yep. talks have stalled. So we'll see what's gonna how that's gonna end up. This will probably pop Charlotte. up again. Oh, that would be hysterical. That's where he doesn't want to go, but they, he has no control, so they can send wherever they want. Um, so check out that podcast. You can hit um on my Twitter account. There is all underscore Nick underscore up. Check me out there. Check out my content on Batman on film. As you guys know, I do review Titans. So check out my Titans reviews. You can hear my interview with Rebecca Romaine and Jerry O'Connell and Megan we got to get Eric more active. What, what do you want Eric to review? No, we need I'm Eric good. to review more stuff. I'm good. Send I'm Eric good. stuff. We need Eric to be more active. It's been a I minute. Mean, we can't. We Eric Holzman is too good of a talent to be wasted on just writing Titans reviews. Harley Quinn just started. I'm just saying, push, push, nudge, nudge. Here's my horse. Here's my water. Can I get it to drink? Can I get my horse to drink the water? Can he drink? It's right there. It's ice cold. Drink the water. It's hot out. Enjoy the thirst quenching water. Jesus. <laughs> I'm trying. I don't know where to go with that one, guys. I just, I'm, I'm stumped. I'm stumped. But of course, uh, yeah, check out my contact over on BatmanOnFilm.com as well. Uh, I think that's it. I don't, unless there's anything else you want to, you know, reveal to the fans. Galactus. That's not new, but okay. Um, <laughs> oh, he might be the big bad, though. Who knows? He might be the next big What's bad. What's the plan, Feige? So we'll see. Might be the next big bad. What's the plan, Zaslav? We've got we have plans. We know that now. We just talked about it. We just what don't are the know plans, what Eric. Tell me what the if you can't tell me what the plans are, they are real. I'm not on the inside, you know, inside with this stuff. Because all I know is something's getting restored. <laughs> it's back. And <laughs> everyone's gonna die. But it's not what you're thinking. <laughs> There's something getting restored, but it's not what you're thinking. <gasps> but that's all we can say about it. Born to secrecy. Can't talk anymore. All right, we're going to shut this one down. And scene. Let's go. We're done. And scene. <laughs> Finished. You're always like, so stick in the mud, just water <laughs> on the fire. I don't know what you're doing. I'm just having fun. You're, you're making up these various songs. Ooxis, Eric and Ooxis, it's a good time. Ooxis, Ooxis, Eric and Ooxis, it is a good time. I could win American Idol. I should have went to American Idol in New Jersey. 
You we should probably, We probably would have faced off in the uh, state regionals. <laughs> it's not the NCAA tournament. How do you know? <laughs> you got eliminated in the uh, play and the singing tournament. So I wouldn't even do it. I did. It was sad. But anyway, I moved on. And you sang Kiss from a Rose, right? I did not. Yes, you did. No, I did not. Eric Love Seal. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to end the show, guys, and people just keep going on. This is the show that doesn't end. <laughs> it just goes on and on, my friends. His name is Eric Holzman. He is winning championships, beating everyone and running over little shits. His name wow. is Eric Holzman. <laughs> well, you said all these kids in the intro were these little shits you just ran over. So, uh, I didn't call them little shits. You, yeah, subliminally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All you right, Reg, you're right. with me, Professor X. Okay, let's put let's put a ball on this, Pete. All right, <laughs> uh, let me let me clear. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. For Peter Ferrer, I'm Eric Holzman. You are listening to Straight Out of Gotham, and we'll see you next time. Booyah!